You are listening to the Inside Out Podcast. Brent Kimball and Michael Anderson discuss all things living the gospel with those inside of the family of God and bringing the gospel to those outside of the family of God. Let's live Inside Out. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 99 of Inside Out Podcast. You know, first of all, before we do anything else in this podcast, I just want to say a major thank you to our vast listening audience. Now, Brent is not with me today in our recording studio, aka the City Point Auditorium, but I know that I speak for him when I say thank you for being a part of this vast listening audience that we so frequently mention. Here in episode 99, we just surpassed 4,000 downloads which is a pretty exciting thing for the podcast. Now, I am joined by Jordan Paris. Jordan, think back to when we first started this podcast. You were on episode, the very first one. On Zoom. And I think we were all uh, meeting via Zoom. Yep. How fascinating is that? We were in the midst of, I think, quarantine. And were you at your house? I was in my room at my house. Yep. Yeah. I was here at the building for some reason. I can't remember why. I, I think, think you were in your garage, weren't you? I was, that was where I was posted up during COVID because our kids were home too. And so I would zoom out of my garage. And if my garage wasn't like incredibly clean, I would, somebody would always mention it in, in the Zoom call. You had a nice garage. So I try, it was an incentive to keep my garage really, really immaculate. Mm-hmm. Um, what... What do you remember about those days? This is why I asked this question, because we've, we're about two years away, and I found myself, I don't mean to make, I'm certainly not trying two to make light of- Two years away from what? From like all the shutdowns and everything like ah, that. And, okay. and I'm certainly not trying to make light of anything that took place during that time, but um, we, about April of 2020, our boys, they decided we want to stay in the same room, all of us. So we went and purchased a triple-decker bunk bed. So it looked like an army barracks where they were just all sardined on top of one another. But that was just the way they slept for two years. And a couple weeks ago, I ended up taking one of the beds off and putting our oldest, Judah, in his own room. And I found myself getting kind of nostalgic about that time of when I had purchased that, that bunk bed. And I was like, that's not right. Like, you can't. You can't reminisce about COVID times. That's certainly not okay. So I think back to that era, that time of your life. Like what, is there something that went on that you're like, oh yeah, I, I remember that. Yes, I would just preface it and say, I would not put COVID and nostalgia in the same sentence for me. But No, not at all. There are things like when Piper and I went fishing on a semi- regular basis yes that's about all i can look back on yeah and what i mean is things like that you can find some little glimmers of positivity that took place yeah and throughout through that time you learned how to touch a fish with your bare hands well i didn't learn it then i learned how to pick one up with gloves okay yeah well because there's this has been quite this has been quite the process for you so you you became an avid fisherman during that season and you first touched a fish 
that you caught with with pliers. With pliers, yeah. And um, and I had gloves on. With a lot of coaching from our friend and uh, an elder of the church, yes. Bill Truman. Yes, and you, his children. And his children. You were able to advance to wearing just work gloves, holding a fish. I was actually, through them, I was able to hold an entire salmon barehanded. Barehanded. Yep. Like both hands holding the salmon. One fish in each hand. Yep. Wow. That's impressive. You know, with your finger in the gill? Uh, something like that. I think my hand was somewhere maybe in the gill. Okay. Um, I recall it was scary. Now, here's the deal. How long afterwards until you washed your hands? Oh, I didn't wash it till I got to their house. Really? It was probably another 45 minutes. Okay. Yeah. I don't even think I washed it in the lake. Okay. I'm yeah, yeah. thoroughly impressed. It's because I'm part- I'm not a germaphobe. I'm just particular. You are particular. So there's certain things I don't mind. This is true. And that's one of them. But if someone like Bill was to cough right near me, I wouldn't like that. But touching a fish, no big deal. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here's my question. Did handling the fish prepare you for being a parent? We have not talked to you since no baby daisy has been born no we have not okay yes okay yeah it did not prepare me those two are entirely different things although i did catch the baby on the way out you did yes was she falling or yes she actually was falling are you serious Uh uh-huh how did that happen well i don't want to get in details but come on get in the details come on what happened (laughs) the baby came out real quick and i caught the baby and then I put baby on Piper's chest. Oh, during delivery? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought you meant like like at home, she was just like rolled off a changing table or something and you dove and caught her. But I can't tell if you're serious or not. I'm, I'm being very serious. What a cool experience for you. <laughs> wow. And did I wash my hands right after? No, but I did about five minutes later. Yeah, yeah that's, I did. That's probably a wise thing to do yeah. in that regard. Well, you have a beautiful baby girl in the world and being a, a dad, is it looks good on you. So Jordan, whenever I have you on, you know I'm always interested in what CSM is 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 going through in the Bible, what series they're on. Um, so I've got a question for you as to what's coming up this fall. But before I do that, why don't you give our listening audience um, maybe just a highlight or two from what took place with CSM last night? So again, we're recording on Thursday. This podcast will be released on Friday. But this past Wednesday night, CSM had a pretty cool event. Yeah, we had the executive director of Abundant Life, Beth Burns. She came out and she led a pro-life apologetics forum. And we invited, as usual, students, but also their parents to be a part of that. And so she just walked through a biblical and scientific, really, approach for pro-life and also brought up a lot of the popular... um, pro-choice arguments and opened up really the room for questions and we had lots of students ask some very substantive questions about the topic Um, but it was just a great night equipping parents equipping students and lots of great resources but yeah there's a lot more I could share but it was a heavy topic but I think handled very well so it was great having her excellent excellent that's such a great thing to be able to offer to these teenagers who many uh, heading back into public school this week and being around those who don't adhere to the same values as they do and equipping them not just not just explaining 
a, a position, but giving them tools to help them uh, in their conversations with their peers is incredibly vital. So, mm-hmm. and really, really cool event. Well, that was uh, last night. I know that you finished up teaching through uh, the first books of First and Second Peter and the book of Jude. Yes. You're going somewhere in the fall. That's very intriguing to me. We're going somewhere. We're going. Where are you going? We're doing it. I'm assuming it's in the Bible somewhere. It's somewhere can... between the first book and the 66th book. Okay. And it's 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 going to be book number one. Book number one. It's going to be Genesis. The book of Genesis. Specifically the first 11 chapters. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say that a fall series, You, I don't think you could achieve yeah. no. the 50 chapters in Genesis. It would be a while. In one fall. Maybe someday. Okay. But for now, first 11. Okay, so remind us, remind us for those who don't have their Bibles out before them, like Genesis 1 begins, and then where does Genesis 11 end us with? What's the... Genesis 11 ends with why there is Spanish class, okay. why there's French class, it ends with the Tower of Babel, and then a genealogy. Okay. Yes. Okay, by the way, I did have the greatest Tower of Babel theme joke probably ever. You can listen to one of our podcasts where I tried to get Brent to laugh with cheesy Bible-based jokes. Oh, can I hear it? I can't remember it off the top of my head, oh. but it was an incredible joke about the Tower of Babel. Must not be that good if you can't remember it. I switched the language halfway through the joke, and that's what made it funny. Oh. It was really clever. <laughs> I'm, I'm fishing right now for compliments. So if you see me on Sunday, just say, yeah, I remember that. That was a really good joke. And use it during the holidays coming up this year. So anyway... I digress. Genesis 1 through 11. Jordan, this has been kind of stirring within you for some time, just I know from our conversations this summer. uh, Pastorally, why are you taking CSM through these chapters? Oh, there's so many reasons. Well, one, we've been in the New Testament for a while, so we want to go Old Testament. But um, there's just, when you understand the foundation when you understand Genesis, mm-hmm. it really, it's the, it's the, I just read a book, it said it's the theological pillars for the rest of the Bible. And so we get such a good foundation of everything, of humanity, um, of our redemptive story. Um, and there's so many different things that we can address as we go through Genesis. Not that we use it to springboard into our own agenda, but there are a lot of things that we get to talk about, even in the first few chapters. But I would say it's just foundational to the whole Bible. It's foundational to faith. It's foundational in so many ways. Um, and it's also, I don't know, I maybe for a personal reason, I'm just excited to study it. Mm-hmm. Really pumped. There's just a lot of good stuff in there. Yeah, yeah. And especially this, this idea that there are so many theological themes introduced in those first chapters. And I know for you, this thing called authorial intent is incredibly important. So the first five books of the Bible... Um, are attributed to be written by Moses. And so mm-hmm. when Moses is writing these things, we believe that he's writing them on purpose and for a reason. And yes. so when you look at some of the themes introduced in Genesis and you see them picked up uh, in the book of of Numbers, it's it's like a cue for you. So just kind of in studying for my sermon this Sunday, God commands Adam in Genesis 2 to work and to keep the garden and the words work and keep can can also be seen as to um, to guard and to serve 
the same words are used for the function of the priest in the tabernacle in Numbers chapter 3. So there's, there's some symmetry taking place there that's carrying on through the biblical narrative. So I'm so excited that our teenagers are going to get this, this rich teaching to help them kind of tie these things together because if we're being honest even us as adults sometimes the bible can seem scattered and and not necessarily like a unified story but oftentimes the trouble doesn't not oftentimes all the time the trouble doesn't lie with the bible but rather in our limited understanding of it so as we gain more understanding and more wisdom and and more insight the Bible opens itself up to us in these brand new ways and just the depth and the richness of it comes alive. So going through Genesis 1 through 11, um, how many weeks is that going to take you? Is it slated to take you through the entire fall? Oh, it'll take us through the fall, yeah. Um, well, during the holidays, like we take a break on Wednesdays. Sure. Um, but I, I have it all mapped out. I think it's maybe a little over 20 weeks. Okay. Um, so it should take us into probably... Uh, I think it's right around February, right around winter camp. So, yeah, that's when we should finish. Yeah, one of the things I'm most excited about for Genesis is just all the different stuff we'll get to dive into, uh, specifically even just in the first few chapters. I don't know if any of that intrigues you, uh, but even from the first chapter, the how man was created, and there's so much you could talk through there, talking about how there's work that came before the fall, and you think about us working nowadays, that actually was before sin. You could mm-hmm. talk about marriage and how marriage existed. And um, and then even chapter 3, Adam and Eve, their response to sin was to hide from God. In the midst of all that, there's what you said to me earlier today, the pro-evangelium, which means mm-hmm. the first gospel message. And then you see that panned out and God clothing Adam and Eve after sacrificing an animal, pointing to Jesus. So there's just so much in the first few chapters that I'm just... Pretty yeah. excited about it. Even, that, yeah. There's there, again, there's so much to say and so much to talk about. But you think of Genesis chapter three, and so much of our view of God influences the way that we read that chapter specifically. I mean, obviously the whole Bible, but but you, I remember when I was younger, I I would read that and Adam and Eve, you know, they partake of the fruit and which do you know what fruit it was? We don't know. Okay. We've never yeah, yeah. tasted it before. Yeah. It certainly was not an apple. That's, that's what it's portrayed as, but yeah, I would agree it's probably not an apple. So, but God comes to them, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I remember when I was younger, it just feels like, like your parent coming down the hallway when you're in trouble sort of thing. That's yeah. kind of the way I always, always pictured it in my mind, but that's, that's not what's going on there. God is in the midst of that blatant rebellion by Adam and Eve, God is coming to them and making things right as evidenced by his clothing them and covering them and the provision he allows for in Genesis 3.15. And mm-hmm. it's it's really beautiful. I mean, it's a, it's a moving section of scripture that oftentimes, unfortunately, gets lost on many of us because of its familiarity with how often we've been exposed to it. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's almost like the theme of Genesis, even the first 11 chapters are what Paul said. He said we're we're sin abounds or sin increases, grace abounds all the more. And you mm-hmm. see that even in Genesis 3, Adam and Eve sin, 
they're naked. They finally realize it at the end of Genesis 2. They're naked after their marriage ceremony, and there's no shame there. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden in Genesis 3, 7, I think it's verse 7, they realize that God, as you just said, approaches them. And then when they hear God, they hide from him. And it's like you see this re- response to sin that we have, and it's, it feels hopeless in the moment. And then you get this promise of in Genesis 3.15 that Jesus will one day send someone to crush the head of the serpent. And then you, you get glimpses of that immediately after that of how God is providing these animal sacrifices for Adam and Eve to clothe them. You get this idea where Cain sins, and now he's saying, oh, my punishment's going to be terrible. And God says, no, here's grace for you. I'm going to protect you. And then you see that with a lot of other examples in the first 11 chapters, this repeated theme of their sin, and then there's God speaking to them and then punishing them, but then there's also this beautiful picture of grace. And so it's weaved in and throughout the brokenness of Genesis, you, you see the beauty of redemption and the hope of that as well. So it's just a beautiful story. Yeah. Moses is a good author. Absolutely. Yeah. It's yeah, pretty crazy. For sure. For sure. It definitely yeah. is, is worthwhile to spend time studying um, just those 11 chapters. And so, um, man, I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready to come on Wednesday nights this fall. Michael, are you, do you take the days in Genesis chapter 1? to be one literal day oh man or that's a that's a big question or thousands of days so i am not i am not overly dogmatic about this um, but i do favor the interpretation that it is talking about seven 24 hour periods of time and i say that because god rested on the seventh day not because he needed to rest, but to model for us what rest looked like. And so that's a, as I we learned from from Brent in his in his teaching on shift in uh, money and possessions, and bi- from a biblical perspective, we see that the two commands that predate the law given by Moses in Exodus are the tithe and the Sabbath. And so we see that God is commands us to to rest we need to rest to remember that we are not our own master but we're relying upon him and so i think that his doing that model for us that 24-hour period of rest so that's my i like that that's a good good argument there that's my one argument it's interesting you can find learn so much about life before sin entered the world what god desired for us how there's marriage before sin entered there's work and rest it's like all those things happen before sin. It's just interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's and I don't want to talk too much about that. I just want to get into because it. That's, I'm ready. Some of that's in my sermon for this Sunday. Oh, and I sorry. can't if I start talking <laughs> about it, I won't stop and I may speak my whole sermon into the podcast, which would not That wouldn't be good. Be the way to go. No. We gotta wait until Sunday. Labor Day. The day before Labor Day. But it's still Labor Day weekend. Day. We're gonna day. talk about work. So it's gonna be it's gonna be exciting. Yes. So we're lined up for a great fall here with City Point Church. We've got Genesis on Wednesday nights. And then on Sunday, starting September 11th, we're kicking off our Reasonable Answers to Difficult Questions series. Now, just to make sure to remind you, if you're listening, we ha- these are real questions that have been asked by real people. So Brent and Jordan and myself didn't get together in an office and think, what if we answered this question? And what if we answered this question? But rather, we've... These are real questions that real people have asked that we are seeking to give 
reasonable answers to. Mm-hmm. And so it's going to be a great, great series together. I know that Brent's going to talk more about it next week on the podcast just to get us ready as a church. But we're definitely, definitely excited about what's going to be happening in and through City Point Church this fall. So be around this weekend if you're in town. We're going to finish the book of Second Thessalonians. So we'll be through both letters to the Thessalonians. And then again, as a reminder, next Sunday, we're kicking off our Reasonable Answers to Difficult Questions series. And CSM is getting into the book of Genesis starting when? September 23rd. September 23rd. There it is.